You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Some people have a calling. A famous musician might be drawn to the guitar at a young age, sparking a long and prolific career. A best-selling author's penchant for telling stories might one day land her books on a million bookshelves all over the world. For fishermen Frank Samuelson and George Harbo, their calling was the open sea. Well, the open sea and $10,000. You see, both men were born in Norway in the latter half of the 19th century and joined the merchant marines in their youth. They sailed all over the world together as they served their country, but took particular liking to the east coast of the United States, specifically Jersey City, New Jersey. So after they'd completed their tours, both men made their homes in New Jersey, where they built quiet lives for themselves trawling for clams up and down the coast. Surprisingly, digging for clams did not prove to be as glamorous as it sounded, and soon Frank and George found themselves wanting more. They missed the wind in their faces and the salt in their hair, the opportunity for action around every corner. It was just before the turn of the century when George stumbled upon something that would catapult them back into what they loved. He'd been reading a popular men's lifestyle magazine called the National Police Gazette when he came across an open letter from the magazine's publisher, a man named Richard Fox. In it, Fox offered anyone brave enough to row across the Atlantic Ocean a prize of $10,000. That's over a quarter of a million dollars in today's currency. This was it. Just the thing to get them out of their rut and find their true purpose again. The men quickly set to work building their majestic skiff, which they dubbed the Fox after their intended beneficiary. They drained their savings accounts, constructing the 18-foot rowboat out of oak and South Jersey pine, fitting it with two benches, several watertight compartments for supplies, and a rail along the bottom in case it tipped over. They didn't take a lot with them. Other than the food they brought with them, the men carried only what they needed to navigate and steer, including a compass, a sextant, oars, and special suits made of oilskins. If you've ever seen the image of a fisherman on a box of frozen fish sticks, you'll know what oilskins are. George and Frank left New York bright and early on the morning of June 6, 1896, from there, they rode for 55 days, over 3,200 nautical miles to Great Britain, covering on average about 50 miles per day. And boy, were their arms tired. National Police Gazette publisher Richard Fox met the duo in Paris at the dinner held in their honor, where he presented each of them with a gold medal to mark their journey. Conspicuously absent, though, were the $10,000 he'd promised them. But for some reason, that didn't bother George and Frank. They used their 15 minutes of fame to go on a lecture tour around the world, 
talking about how they had built their boat and accomplished their feat. It was the TED Talks of their time. However, it was on their return trip home when trouble arose like a rogue wave. Now, one might have thought that a journey of almost 3,200 miles in a rickety old rowboat would have helped them to overcome any problem thrown their way. And sure, they had their fair share, but nothing that couldn't be overcome with a little elbow grease and some ingenuity. They battled 40-foot waves, heavy rains, avoided collision with an iceberg, and countless other perils on their voyage. So it's no surprise that when it came time for the men to return to the United States, they decided to let someone else do the sailing. George and Frank, as well as their famous rowboat, boarded a steamship home. The idea was to give their exhausted arms a rest after such a long and arduous journey. Unfortunately, fate had other ideas. Just as the steamer reached Cape Cod, it ran out of coal. George and Frank were stuck with no idea as to when they'd be able to get moving again. But they weren't too bothered by it, because they had a plan. They did what no one else on the ship was prepared for. They located their trusty rowboat, lowered it into the water, and then settled in for the most enjoyable activity possible. They rowed themselves home. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Some talents have a universal appeal a good musical performance, a beautiful painting, a functional and inspiring architectural design, 
These are things that almost everyone can appreciate. Other talents, though, are a bit less mainstream. They sit at the edges, and while a few people might find them interesting, the vast majority of the world is either disinterested, unprepared, or both. In the case of one man, it might be easier to say that his skill was simply not their cup of tea. Or slice of cake. Well, you'll get the idea in a moment. The world had never seen someone quite like Terrar, and they certainly weren't ready for him. He was born in France in the 1700s, and from the very beginning, everyone could tell he was different. It wasn't in his looks or the way he spoke. It was how his stomach was kind of a bottomless pit. By the time he was a teenager, he could easily eat his weight in beef each day and somehow never gain a pound. His mouth could stretch wider than average, and people who knew him at the time described his figure as, of all things, skinny. However, his appetite was so grand, his family couldn't afford to feed him. That meant that they couldn't afford to keep him, either. And just like that, Tarar was on his own. He didn't starve, though. To be honest, it wasn't a challenge for someone with a talent for stuffing his face to find work as a sideshow act. He fell in with a group of street performers who kept him fed, and quickly exploited his outrageous metabolism. Audiences didn't just want to see him eat hundreds of pounds of steak and chicken, though. The man with the iron stomach began varying his diet with less edible additions, including rocks, corks, and live animals. If he could fit it in his mouth, he ate it, and got paid pretty well to do it, too. Unfortunately, he also paid for it, You see, Tarar was a notoriously foul-smelling individual who ran into serious intestinal troubles because of his sideshow work. After a particularly long hospital stay, he realized he needed to do better for himself and his stomach, so he joined the French military. But although his newfound sense of purpose should have been enough to sustain him, he became just as sick not eating as he did when he was. It was while he was wandering around the base's medical ward when military scientists decided to perform some tests on Tarar's incredible appetite. They realized that when his enormous stomach was empty, it became a perfect way of transporting messages to imprisoned soldiers across enemy lines. If only they'd trained him a little better before sending him out into the field. You see, it didn't take long for Tarar to be spotted and captured. Soon after, he was being questioned about his reasons for being there. Tarar, naive and afraid, told them all about the box in his stomach that contained a note. So they chained him to a toilet and waited patiently for his, um, deposit. If only it had been worth the wait. The message said nothing. Well, nothing that meant anything of a great deal to the enemy nor the imprisoned soldier. The entire ordeal had been nothing more than a test to see whether his gut would be a viable way of smuggling information in the long term. Terrar was eventually released to France, where he resumed his civilian life, searching for food wherever he could find it. And he was sick of it. He'd been studied and exploited, and all it had gotten him was the torture of an upset stomach. Soon after, he checked himself into a local hospital in hopes of a cure— He couldn't live with this affliction any longer. Unfortunately, medicine at the time just wasn't very advanced, and treatments consisted of filling his insides with illicit drugs to see how they performed. But nothing helped. Gerard spent his nights wandering the halls looking for something to eat. He branched out from his usual fare of everyday objects and started eating off-menu. 
he drank patients' blood and ate limbs in the morgue. Sometimes he escaped and feasted on the entrails discarded behind butcher shops or stray dogs and cats in the neighborhood. One day, a 14-month-old child went missing, and although Terrar was never accused of anything outright, it was enough to have him evicted from the hospital. Years later, Terrar would find himself back there one last time, as a corpse. Doctors tried performing an autopsy on him, but they didn't get too far. The odor coming off of his body simply made a full examination all but impossible. Now, any number of things could have killed the man who literally ate everything in his path. After all, his gigantic stomach was riddled with countless infections caused by his strange dining habits. But no, Terrar wasn't undone by rocks or corks or even human limbs. It wasn't cats or dogs or all those rotten butcher castoffs. No, the man who seemed to be able to eat anything without consequence died of something entirely unrelated taking his reputation for an iron stomach with him to the grave, completely intact. So what did kill the man who seemingly could consume anything he wanted? Tuberculosis, a sickness known through popular culture by a very different name. Consumption. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.